Hello, everyone. I'm Ronnie McBrayer, and I thank you for finding my podcast. Here you will find my regular talks, the occasional interview, hopefully a little light from the Enneagram time to time, and hear conversations with friends on the ever-changing, ever-evolving nature of faith. If you are burned out on religion, to quote Eugene Peterson's marvelous paraphrase, but your faith is still important to you, or if you consider yourself a spiritual exile with no real place of belief to call home, then I have you especially in mind, and I hope you'll stick around. Fifty-three Christmases. That's how many I have seen and celebrated. Coincidentally, that is the exact number of Christmases celebrated by the main character we investigate today in my Christmas special Advent series this December. We've had Frosty the Snowman. We've had Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Celebrations in their own right, but celebrate is not quite the right word for this individual. For me, yes, I love Christmas, but that is not the correct word for our protagonist today. He did not enjoy Christmas at all. And yes, coincidentally, because I had forgotten the exact age of this miser, this Scrooge, whose very name has come to describe one with no holiday spirit at all, no joy during the Advent season. He hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on right. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. But whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve, hating the Who's, staring down from his cave with a sour, grinchy frown at the warm-lighted windows below in their town. For he knew every Who down in Whoville beneath was busy now hanging a mistletoe wreath. And the more the Grinch thought of this Who Christmas sing, the more the Grinch thought, I must stop the whole thing. Why, for 53 years, I put up with it now. I must stop this Christmas from coming. But how? I know just what to do. The Grinch laughed in his throat, and he made a quick Santa Claus hat and a coat. What a great and Grinchy trick with coat and this hat I'll look just like St. Nick. And with that, the music plays. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. Did you know that the Grinch was 53 years old when he attempted to steal Christmas from Whoville? No. Well, here are a few more things you may not have known. Chuck Jones, the animator and the creator of the classic 1966 television special, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, was also the inventor of Looney Tunes. Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd, Yosemite Sam, Wile E. Coyote, Roadrunner, Daffy Duck, the greatest animator in history outside of maybe Walt Disney. He had literally begged his friend, Theodore Geisel, for years to make this animated feature. Geisel's pen name was, of course, Dr. Seuss, the creator of The Grinch. The two men had worked together during World War II, making animated training films for newly drafted soldiers. 
I don't know if there's anyone here today or anyone alive that remembers Private Snafu, which was their character, and he was teaching new soldiers how to stay safe in service. Well, finally, Dr. Seuss relented, and the most expensive cartoon production up to that point in history began. Who would give voice to this evil monster whose heart was an empty hole, his brain full of spiders and garlic in his soul? Chuck Jones cast Boris Karloff as both actor and narrator. He was perfect for the role. He was almost always some creepy villain or monster in film, most notably his portrayal of Frankenstein in 1931, the original Frankenstein movie, not to be confused with Mel Brooks' version in the 1970s. The Grinch was Karloff's last starring role and the only role of more than 100 films to earn him a Grammy Award. He was 79 years old at the time, He only had half a lung that functions, and he suffered from emphysema so badly that he had to take oxygen between each line that he delivered for the script. Well, how then did he sing that deep, booming song with such baritone power, you might ask? He didn't. That is not Boris Karloff singing at all. It is Thurl Arthur Ravenscroft, whose main claim to fame is that he is the original voice of Tony the Tiger for Kellogg Frosted Flakes for 50 years. It's those two men who made the most of the dialogue in that 30-minute special, save for a brief conversation, and at the end, the singing of one little citizen of Whoville, and that would be Cindy Luhu. The voice behind that tiny tot is June Foray. Incidentally, the original voice of Karen from Frosty the Snowman. The voice of Rocky the Flying Squirrel, Rocky and Bullwinkle's enemy, Natasha Fatal, and dozens more over her 80 years of animating cartoons. And for its day, the Grinch was a technological marvel. It required 25,000 hand-drawn cartoons to animate, and even though sound effects were created by interns eating potato chips over the microphone, running a magic marker across a squeaky balloon, and Chuck Jones himself biting into apples for clunking effects... There were no computer-generated sounds, no high fidelity. That would come much later, and it did, in 2000 with Jim Carrey. He starred as The Grinch with Ron Howard directing and Anthony Hopkins narrating, another spooky character to be sure. And in 2018, The Grinch returned for yet another generation. This animated film featured the voices of Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange in the Marvel Comics, Rashida Jones, and Angela Lansbury in her last voice acting role before her death. And the narration is by someone far happier sounding than Boris Karloff or Anthony Hopkins. It's Farrell Williams of Happy, Happy Fame. Dr. Seuss's widow, Audrey Geisel, was the executive producer, her last professional work, and this 2018 movie became, and now is, the highest-grossing Christmas film of all time, making the Grinch franchise the most popular, the most watched, and the most lucrative holiday production in history. Miracle on 34th Street, no. Elf, no. It's a Wonderful Life, no. A Christmas Story, The Polar Express, The Santa Claus, Rudolph, Frosty, Charlie Brown, A Christmas Carol, Christmas Vacation, Home Alone. Nope. 
The Grinch is the greenest of them all, green with bags of money. It seems he ended up with more holiday goods than he could hold, and his poor little dog Max disguises a reindeer pulling that sleigh all the way to the bank. Of course, he was also green with envy, green with misery, jealousy. He lives to see others suffer. You know the plot of this story. He goes down into Whoville on Christmas Eve and takes everything while the town sleeps. The stockings hung by the fireplace, all the toys, the Christmas trees themselves, all the wreaths, the tinsel, all the festive food from the refrigerators down to the ice cubes in their freezers. He takes it all. And then Max pulls that sleigh all the way back up to the top of Mount Crumpet. And it's loaded heavy with tons of gifts decorations, food. The Grinch will not enjoy it for himself. No, his plan is to dump it off the mountainside into a deep, endless ravine. But first, he must pause to look down on Whoville and to listen for the lament and the weeping that he knows is bound to come. Poo-poo to the Who's. He was Grinchishly humming. They're finding out now that no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then all the who's down in Whoville will all cry boo-hoo. So he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, but it started to grow. But the sound wasn't sad. Why, this sound sounded merry. It couldn't be so, but it was merry, very He stared down at Whoville, and the Grinch popped his eyes, and then he shook. What he saw was a shocking surprise. Every Who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or another, it came just the same. So this heel, this vile one with termites in his smile, this seasick crocodile, A skunk with a heart full of unwashed socks. The king of sinful sots. This dirty jockey driving a crooked horse. A three-decker sauerkraut and toadstool sandwich with arsenic sauce. How can he be the most popular Christmas character since the nativity of Jesus and the coronation of St. Nicholas? Baby Jesus, Santa Claus, And the Grinch, the three most celebrated characters of the Advent season. How did this come to be? How did a green, nasty, wasty skunk with a soul full of gunk, who stinks, stanks, and stunk, join the elite company of the loving Christ and the gift-giving saint? I wonder how this is so. I intentionally held on to the Grinch for this third Sunday of Advent. You see, Frosty is perfect for hope. He comes to life. He promises to return. That's how Advent begins. The second Sunday of Advent is about love. Rudolph and all of his misfit cousins and friends, that's what they stood in need of the most. It's what we all stand in need of. But the third Sunday of Advent, it is a celebration of joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Always be full of joy in the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And then we come to this beautiful psalm 
that finds its way into the rotation of Advent readings every few years, Psalm 126. It is a pilgrimage psalm, a song of ascents. It's sung by those who, after many bitter decades, had finally been able to come home. I would have loved to have heard the music that once accompanied this hymn. I would have loved to have heard it sung in the ancient Hebrew. I would have loved to have met those people who had this experience of returning, of having their dreams come true, to hear their laughter, to witness their sheer astonishment, to celebrate the reversal of their bad fortune, and to see their desert blooming like a garden. A quick timeline, and it's very general and quick. We have Abraham in the Old Testament, about 2,000 years before Christ. Moses and the Exodus out of Egypt, 1,500 years before Christ. David, about a thousand years before Christ. And then the first destruction of the Israeli nation in 586 by Babylonia, modern-day Iraq. It is cataclysmic. It seemed like all the promises and hopes of God's people were gone. The nation was laid bare. The temple was destroyed. The people were hauled away in chains as exiles. It was Babylon's way of completely erasing a culture. It was genocide. It was ethnic cleansing. So there are tens of thousands of Jerusalem's residents uprooted from their homes and carried away. And they are the lucky ones. Most of the rest of the population is dead. Their songs are gone. Joy has been trampled down and out of their hearts. And they would reside in Babylon 600 miles away for the next 70 years. Seven decades, generations would be born in a foreign land having never seen or lived in their true home. Everything stolen from them down to the ice cubes in the freezers. Then, like a miracle, a few hundred at a time are given permission to go home. And then it becomes more or less a constant stream. They come back. They rebuild Jerusalem. They rebuild the city walls. And most importantly, they rebuild the temple. And now, the arrival of Psalm 126, and it lands on our ears with an even more pronounced effect. When the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. And the other nations said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. And that is why the Grinch has staying power. That is why... He is a contemporary, albeit unusual, icon of the Christmas season. This old curmudgeon who intends to steal Christmas has Christmas steal his heart. His enduring legacy is that no one has slipped so far into resentment and boiled so long in bitterness that they cannot be redeemed, that they can't be reborn that they can't be restored, saved even, by grace. Because I think grace is a very good synonym for joy. When you realize how undeserving, maybe how grinchy you are or can be, and suddenly, like a dream, a miracle, 
all that is loving and good and life-giving is discovered and embraced and it blesses you in spite of you. Well, joy and grace has a way of breaking your heart wide open, even the most crusty of characters. You see, when the Grinch realized that he hadn't stopped Christmas from coming, he puzzled three hours until his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little more. And what happened then? Well, in dear old Whoville, they say, the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And then the true meaning of Christmas came through, and the Grinch found the strength of ten Grinches plus two. Talk about the joy of the Lord being your strength. And the minute his heart didn't feel quite so tight, he whizzed with his load through the bright morning light. He brought back the toys and the food for the feast. And he, he himself, the Grinch, carved the roast beef. You know, it's easy to think of those people in our lives who are more like a Scrooge than an angel. (laughs) More Grinchy than Cindy Lou Hooey. And aren't they everywhere? Bah humbug. Down with the Who's and all of Whoville. What made people like this this way? What rotted their insides? What stole their joy? Well, it could be injury to their hearts now decades old. Like some departed, deported soul who has forgotten what it means to be at home. It could be a broken heart from love rejected. It could be a hardened heart from injustice suffered from just living in this difficult world. It could be a black heart from spite and malice and impatient, judgmental, critical heart because no one can please them. No one can cheer them. No situation is ever good enough for them. No day is ever just right. The temperature is always too cold or too warm. And I apologize to those who feel that right now in this room. The blanket is always too short. The food never tastes exactly right. Nobody else seems to do what they should be doing. And so they retreat into their own Mount Crumpet, and they cast their narrow eyes down on a world that they seem to despise. What do you do with people like that? What do you do for people like that? I have an answer. Nothing. Oh, you might think that if they would just visit the right therapist, they could make a breakthrough. Or if they would read this most perfect book that really helped you. Or if they would listen to this lecture or to this podcast. If they could just get out of their house or get out of their heads. Well, I understand every bit of this. And all of this helps those who are ready for such help. But you can't really help someone who has lost their joy and has no interest in finding it. Joy has to be rediscovered. By the one suffering the loss. Grace has to break in. And it just might. It certainly can. God moves in mysterious and merciful ways when we let God do the heavy lifting. God brings the captives home, even if it takes seven decades. 
God restores what has been lost, even if the prodigal must painfully come to the end of himself first. God heals and expands the human heart when the heart is ready. Your job in the meanwhile is to protect, to hold, and to enjoy your own joy. No Grinch can steal it from you, you know. But such joy, when we have it, has a way of shining a little light into the darkest soul. Leonard Cohen said, everything has a crack in it. And that's how the light gets in. And somewhere along the way, even those hardest hearts, if they have the slightest crack, grace can find a way to bring everything back. So, welcome Christmas, in the words of Cindy Lou Who. Bring your cheer. Cheer to all the Who's far and near. Christmas Day is in our grasp so long as we have hands to clasp. Christmas Day will always be just as long as we have we. Welcome Christmas while we stand, while we have hearts to heart and hands in hand.